Sponsor ad. Would you like to listen to audiobooks? Listen to the world's best-selling audiobooks from our more than 10,000 audiobooks for free. Also, you can benefit from these excellent and informative podcasts for free. Get the helpful links in the description. Please support us. Thank you. We think that when we experience regret, it's somehow an aberration, when in fact, everybody experiences regret. Regret makes us human. Regret is part of the human condition. What's more, we think that regret makes us weaker, when in fact, the research shows that, done right, regret can make us stronger, that we can enlist our regrets as a, an engine for forward progress. In a weird way, regret also taught me about what makes a good life because as I had you know, collected 16,000 regrets from people in 105 countries and when they told me their regrets, in a sense they were also telling me about what made life worth living. Like I understand that no regrets philosophy, the problem is, is that it's not possible because we all have regrets. Now we should try to minimize our future regrets, but the idea that you should never look backward on your life and say, oh, I wish I had done things differently, is actually a terrible blueprint for living. Um, and, and I think one of the problems is, you know, especially in North America, is that we're a little over-indexed on positivity. You know, positive emotions are incredibly important, and they should outnumber our negative emotions, but we need some negative emotions because they instruct us. And our most prominent negative emotion is regret, because regret teaches us, it instructs us, it clarifies us. Uh, it clarifies what's, what we should be doing and how we should be doing it. And so we need to understand how to deal with our negative emotions. We can't ignore them like no regrets. We can't wallow in them. What we need to do is we need to think about our regrets. And when we think about our regrets, the evidence is pretty clear that they can help us make better decisions, solve problems faster, be better strategists, find greater meaning in our life. Regret hurts. There's no question about that. But here's the thing. Regret also instructs, and you can't have one without the other. So if you avoid the pain, you don't get any of the learning. So what you have to do is be able to process that pain. And I think there's a way for us to do that, to take our regrets, use them as signals. We haven't been taught to do that. That's the problem. We have this weird approach, we have this weird view of negative emotions. Like some of us think, oh, positive all the time. Da, 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 da. That leads to delusion. Some of us get so absorbed in our negative emotions that they, in some ways, exonerate us from making progress. That's a bad idea too. What we need to do is we need to process our negative emotions in a, in a, in a systematic way. And I, and I think there's a good way to do that. There's, there's some interesting research on this. One of the things that we, th we, we think about disclosure of our vulnerabilities and our setbacks and so forth is that people will like us less. And in fact, they actually like us more when we do that. And so I actually had a lot of respect for people willing to disclose and willing to explain. And I felt like I was actually helping them make sense of this regret. So it wasn't that much of a downer. The other thing about it, and which is this, is that over and over and over again, people kept talking about the same four core regrets. These four regrets are revealing. By, by revealing our regrets, we are revealing what we value the most. To me, these four core regrets operate as a photographic negative of the good life. That is, if we understand what people regret the most, 
we actually understand what they value the most. So in a weird way, these 16,000 regrets are not a downer as much as they are a pointer to what makes life worth living. The four regrets are these, foundation regrets. Foundation regrets are if only I'd done the work. These are regrets people have about not studying hard enough in university or um, not taking care of their health or smoking or not eating right or not saving money. Small decisions that accumulate to bad consequences. The second one, huge category, boldness regrets. These are regrets that people have that say, if only I'd taken the chance. They didn't start a business. They didn't ask that crush out for a date. They didn't travel. Uh, they had an opportunity at, at one point in their life to do something beyond play it safe. They chose not to do that and now they regret it. Third category are moral regrets. If only I'd done the right thing. These are people who at a certain point in their life could do the right thing or the wrong thing. They do the wrong thing and it still bugs them, which is in some way, its own way heartening. It shows that I think people want to be good. And the final one are connection regrets. Connection regrets are if only I'd reached out. And these are regrets about relationships um, where you have a relationship or you should have had a relationship and it comes apart usually through drifts and you want to reach out but you don't because you think it's going to be awkward and the other side's not going to care so it drifts out even more and then in, in some cases it, it ends up being too late. These four regrets to me, reveal, as I said earlier, what makes life worth living. What do we want out of life? We want a stable foundation. We want some stability. We want a chance to do something. We want a chance to learn and grow and lead a psychologically rich life. We want to do the right thing. I'm convinced that most of us want to do the right thing. And what else do we want? We want love. We want connection to other people. So if I'm a, you know, a listener and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, there is a connection regret that I have. You know, I, I should reach out to that person. And there's probably a reason why I, I haven't. I mean, there's, there's something that's, that's blocking it. What would you suggest I do? Like, what, what's the, what unlocks that for somebody? Okay, really, really, really important. Okay, so I think the two barriers are this. You think it's gonna feel awkward, and you think the other side is not gonna care. And here's the reality, both the reality of all these people I interviewed, but also the reality of a lot of research in social science. It's much less awkward than you think. Two, the other side almost always cares. You're just wrong about that. And one of the things that I, one of the things that I did, I mean, I have a scene in the book where I talk to somebody who's saying, oh, I lost this, I, I drifted apart from this friend and I'm not sure I, would, I should reach out. And if I reach out, she's gonna think it's creepy. And I finally said, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. How would you feel if she reached out to you? And she said, oh my God, that would be the greatest thing. I'd be so touched. And I'm like, well, Hello, like, you know, extrapolate from your own experience there. And, and, so, and so I really believe if there's a lesson in this book, it's certainly the lesson for me, is that if you are at the juncture that you described, should I reach out or should I not reach out? You've already answered the question. Uh, I, I think the lesson is always reach out. Don't ignore it, don't dodge it, just confront it. It's much less fearsome than you think. And this way that I think that we can process our regrets is very healthy. So, you know, like I, I feel like there's three simple steps that you can take to turn your regrets into engines for progress. One of them is to reframe, is to reframe the regret and the way you think about yourself. Um, so, you know, do you, so a lot of times when we have a regret, one reason that we try to avoid it is that if we really confront it, we start lacerating ourselves, saying, you, you know, our, our self-talk is, you're an idiot, what are you talking about? Um, 
And what we should do instead is, it sounds gooey, but what we should do instead is treat ourselves with kindness. There's a body of research in what's called self-compassion, which is treating ourselves with kindness rather than contempt. Um, thinking about our own missteps as part of the human condition, not something that only we do. Looking at our missteps not as fully definitional of who we are, but as just one part of who we are. And so just being a little better to ourselves. The second thing you can do, which we see, which is a reason why we had 16,000 people offer up their regrets, is disclosure. Disclosure is itself inherently valuable. We know that it relieves the burden, but the other thing, when we talk about our regrets or even write about them, we take this blobby, amorphous, negative emotion and convert it into words, and that makes it less fearsome, and it begins the sense-making process. So there's a pile of evidence showing that talking about our regrets, even writing about them privately, is a way to defang them. And finally, what we need to do, which is essential, is we need to, you know, we can, we can look inward, all right, we can express outward, but then we gotta, we gotta move forward. And the way to do that, in my mind, is to take a step back and extract a lesson from it. Uh, what would you tell your best friend to do? Uh, if, you ha if you were looking back on this decision 10 years from now, what would you want to have done? If someone else were in your position, what would she do? And, and I think this process of looking inward and treating ourselves with some kindness, expressing outward and disclosing the regret as a way to make sense of it, and then moving forward by taking a step back and extracting a lesson is relatively simple to do and allows us to take these regrets and not be scared of them and not let them debilitate us, but to enlist them as forces for moving forward. What I like to do is, I'm sort of trying to reach the people on, on either side of that. So the people who feel debilitated by their regrets, I, you know, my view is, listen, take one, go through this process, you can enlist it as a force for good, but I also want to do a wake-up call to the people who think they don't have any regrets, because they're making, it, they're making a big mistake too. Um, and so what I want to do is, in some sense, I guess, normalize it because it is normal that's the thing like yeah, yeah. you know regrets are part of the human condition they exist for a reason they're part of our cognitive machinery the only people without regrets are five-year-olds people with brain damage and sociopaths the rest of us have regrets you know and so instead of denying that humanity let's embrace it and use it Sponsor ad. Would you like to listen to audiobooks? Listen to the world's best-selling audiobooks from our more than 10,000 audiobooks for free. Also, you can benefit from these excellent and informative podcasts for free. Get the helpful links in the description. Please support us. Thank you.